Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast Week 18 Handicapping Edition. We made it the final week of the NFL season, and I'll be joined by Frank Schwab, handicapper to the stars and the second best poker player in the golf pro game. In just a minute, just wanted to remind you that the lines we've discussed today are coming from our friends at BetMGM. And if you haven't gotten in the game over there, it's a great time to do so. You can create a BetMGM account and place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. If that bet loses, you get your bet amount up to the $1,000 added back to your account in free bets. You must be age 21 or older in the states of Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Terms do apply. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started or use the promo code yahoo when making your first deposit. All right, let's jump into it. My man, Frank Schwab, how you doing today? Good, good. It's, uh, how do we how do we approach week 18? Is it first? It's first time? Well, I don't know. What, what do we do with week 18, Scott? It's, it's, we've never been here before. So, uh, and this is, Good boy, no matter what the NFL tries to do, like, you know, pitting division teams against each other, smart idea. They they end up with, you know, basically like we have such little drama this week. It's 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 just kind of a bad week of football, but it, there's point spreads attached to all these games. So maybe there's value. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole key to this is this week. It's an information week. It's a gut feel week. It's a trying to figure out what teams motivations are, because a, a lot of these teams are in the playoffs already. And we have to try to figure out, do they care about improving their seating? Do they, you know, how, do they think another game, you, you know, like uh, the Chiefs, which are one of the early games we'll talk about, do they think the Titans have a chance of losing? If they don't think that's really on the board, then it would behoove them to you know, get rested. And remember, too, with an 18-game schedule, just football's as it is, physically demanding, mentally demanding, emotionally demanding. At some point, it just might make sense to say, look, let's, let's just get everybody rest. If we have to play next week, no matter what, or, or likely we have to play next week, no matter what, I mean, maybe just getting these guys a break and, and not exposing them to 60 minutes of a football game and the hits and all that stuff. There's something to be said for that. Teams have different approaches on this. Some teams are like, hey, we're going all out no matter what. And we also with the losing teams, right? I mean, some teams may be playing for everybody's playing for the next contract. I get that. But, you know, some teams may be quitting on their coach. Some teams may be packing it in. Some teams may really want to get that winning record for their coach. You know, maybe the Dolphins really want to stick it to the Patriots, which uh, I think Miami will be one of my plays this week. This is nebulous. There aren't clear answers. You know, coaches, 
a coach isn't going to come, even like the really forthright coaches. Like I love Mike Tomlin. He's not going to come out and say, okay, this is what we're doing this week. Of course, Pittsburgh right. still has right. incentive, right? Or, you know, the, the Browns are out of it. We know Baker Mayfield's not going to play. But so this is just one of these things you take a case by case. And if you have a good angle on the team's motivation, share it on any of these games. I'll do the same. And just the, the caveat we've given you all season, the NFL is, has never been as fluid as it is. Right now, news can break at any time. COVID's still a fact of our lives. We saw it last week, you know, with Kirk Cousins not playing. There's going to be some teams going to be down manpower. Some teams have better backups or better depth than other teams. Some teams can game plan on a shoestring really quickly, and some teams can't. So we're going to jump into the great wide open. Real quick, Scott, one story from my beat writer days. So 2003, the Broncos are going to have to play wildcard weekend. They're, They're stuck. They're going to play Indianapolis. And all week, Shanahan said, we're going to play guys, we're going to play guys, we're going to play guys. Anytime he's asked, he says that. Well, they get to Sunday, they're playing at Green Bay, and he just pulls a rug on everybody, and he, he deactivates everybody. And I, honestly, like, I'm not trying to rip Shanny here, because I think that's the right approach, because here's what his thought process was. He had his starters mentally involved all week. Meetings they were involved, practices they were involved, they prepared themselves as if they were going to play the game, but then they don't play the game and take any you know, abuse on their bodies, basically. And I thought that was really smart. But as far as me and you sit here trying to handicap these games and all, we have to remember, just because Mike McCarthy says, hey, we're going to play everybody, which he has. Jerry Jones has said that, and I think that's more important to Mike McCarthy in that franchise. But it doesn't necessarily mean what it, we think it means. It might mean one series. It might mean, hey, we're just keeping these guys involved all week in meetings and practice and stuff. So... Every single, like, this is the one week where you really have to grind. If you want to bet these games, you have to know every team's motivation, what the coaches are saying, what the coach's history is, whether you trust the coaches. I mean, and, and also backup situations, almost like preseason, where you're like, okay, well, if if, if this team isn't going to play starters, what is their, what does their backup situation look like? Is it okay? So, yeah, this is a, it's actually really an interesting week for me just because it's different than literally any other week of the NFL season other than the, the best comp might be preseason where you're just trying to figure out motivations and all that. Yeah, I know my friend Adam Leviton, who's doing a great job over at Establish the Run. He had a big DFS hit cash a couple weeks ago. He always likes this final week of the season because it's an information grind, and he feels like he can read tea leaves better than the average guy, and this plays into him. That's also why he's a very successful DFS player in the preseason because that's all information grab, and that's all you know. They're, they're telling me one thing, but I, I think I know what that means. So we'll we'll meander through it. We'll see how we do. Um, I'd, I'd also like to say I picks have been going pretty well lately in this space. We uh, I think most of our conviction picks hit last week uh, I've like the lions lions was that that was yeah let's did, did we deleted that from last week's podcast when i was talking about how much i like the lions because i don't feel bad about that because look <laughs> they're the only losing team in football that has a winning record against the spread so yeah, i mean yeah. they've been ats gold all season and i was able to in my throwing darts column uh, able to wrap up a winning record no matter what happens in week 18 for the 10th time in 12 seasons so uh, yeah not every one of those seasons has been unbelievably profitable it's hard to win the nfl you get to hit you know 11 out of you, out of your 21 wins your games have to be wins with 52.38 percent any gambler knows that and it's important when you bet you have to shop around some and that, that's just part of the game have different options so just things to keep in mind let's jump into it as usual we'll start with the island games the nfl gave us two games on saturday the chiefs at broncos is our tip-off it's uh kansas city of 10 point favorite at denver the total is 44 and you know, my friend the, the late great steve moyer used to love week 17 and now week 18 i guess it would be because 
there's always going to be teams who have the whiff of some motivation. The point you're going to pay a tax on it. You you will never get taxed like you will a team that we think needs the game or wants the game. And I don't know if Kansas City really thinks the Titans are in jeopardy of losing. Maybe they just think, okay, uh, why go through the whole paces here? I could only lean Broncos in this game. I'm not going to bet on it. I get it. It's you know this is another thing. Our ethos is at least my ethos is I'm generally taking the points. When in doubt, and when you jack up the the spread on favorites, I'm going to have a lot of, "Eh, I don't feel great about it. I'm holding my nose. I'm taking the underdog. I'm not sure I want to bet on this game. There's going to be a lot of that for me this week. I'm just going to say that up front. So this looks like a lean to the Broncos for me. What say you? Yeah, same. Uh, uh, Because, I mean, every week we do this where we say, well, this team has nothing to play for. This team has something to play for. So obviously I got to take the team that's going to be playing for something when, you know what? NFL teams want to finish the fe- season strong. Not everyone. Like, look, the Giants have quit. They quit a month ago. They they have a, they're probably already playing golf right now instead of practicing. But there are some teams who look. I don't think the Broncos are necessarily just going to say we don't care. Whatever. I think they're going to play hard. This is not necessarily a Super Bowl, but they want to go into the offseason with a with a, a good taste in their mouths. I, I do think the Chiefs. Look, you can't assume anything. Do I think the Titans are going to lose to the Texans? No, of course not. But they already did once. I mean, I think if you're the Chiefs, you have to say, we'd hate to be sitting here on Sunday night saying, oh my God, we lost to the Broncos when we could have had a shot at the number one seed. I think they got to go all out, but I think I think to just say one team needs it, one team doesn't, in, in many cases anyway, just is, is a little disrespectful to the team that quote-unquote doesn't need it. And I think the Broncos play hard here. And 10 points is too much for me. I, I'll, I'll take the Broncos. I don't love it necessarily, just like you said, but when the spread is obviously inflated here, obviously that tax of, oh, this team doesn't have anything to play for. I'll end up on a lot of those sides, even though some will look ugly, some will some will get blown out, and I won't even be close. But I think overall, if you can figure out, hey, I think I'm going to get a decent effort out of this team, there is some value in underdogs this week. Right. And, and look, we're never going to be one of these shows who just says, oh, let, let's just parlay four huge money line favorites right i mean we're this is not a show we're going to tell you to, to make a, a 14 13 point tease we don't we don't give out and i get why people like to do that people want to bet favorites and when you tease favorites you know that you have the quote-unquote right side in every individual game the problem with the tease is you have to carry multiple legs of weight that so that looks like a good bet because oh i have the better side on, on each of these games but i have to win two or three games to catch my bet or four games or whatever you know silly bet you've gotten into that's the rub it's not emo- it's emotionally hard to bet on a team that's a, that has a losing record. A team, you know, we'll get to the Jaguars who are getting a gaggle of points. They're an awful football team. It's hard to bet yeah, them. Sure. But you know what? There's a spread in the NFL. They give right. you something to try to even that out. If it was as simple as just bet on the the big favorites, I mean, you know, uh, that the carpets in Vegas wouldn't be so plush. <laughs> yeah, those those lights shine pretty bright. The fountains are still flowing. Yeah, that's they they know what they're doing over there. And yeah, it just. Again, I mean, there's going to be a couple of these games we run down where I'm like, there's no way I'm going to bet on this underdog. But don't just go into this week thinking, hey, Team Team Y is not playing for anything, so they're going to get blown out. Because that we often get burned by that type of thinking in, in the final week of the season. The Saturday evening game is the Cowboys at Eagles. Both teams have already punched a playoff ticket. Dallas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Philly. Totals 42 and a half. The Eagles can gain very little with a win here, but the thing that kind of throws a wrench into an Eagles handicap is that Gardner Minshew is a good player. So if for whatever yeah. reason they want to keep Jalen Hurts on the sidelines, maybe they're worried about the stadium falling apart or whatever it is. I mean, we'll, we'll have fun with the Washington football team a little <laughs> bit later, but maybe Philadelphia's Debbie Goddard stinged up. I don't know if he'll go. I 
I still think Gardner Minshew could be a starter in this league. I'm I'm not sure if he Jalen Hurts is a different type of player, you know, obviously, but I lean Eagles in this game. Dallas is such a helter-skelter team, right? I mean, they beat the tar out of Washington two weeks ago, whatever. Washington's not good. And then they were soundly beaten by Arizona last week. Arizona's a good football team, but you remember the Raiders beat the Dallas on Thanksgiving. That wasn't a good look for them. I, I don't know what I'm getting from Dallas. Not that Philadelphia's anything great, and, and Hertz does have a very strong second-half bias to his stats. A lot of times it happens late. I wasn't surprised last week that they kind of mailed in the first half, and then they showed their class in the second half. It's a lean to the Eagles. I don't think I'll betting on, uh, be betting on it. What do you see here? Uh, same. No bet here. I, and I don't even know which way I'm leaning, honestly. I tried. I, I did a little bit of work on this game before we came on. And you know, McCarthy is saying we're going to play the starters. And that's because Jerry Jones is saying we're going to play the starters. And, you know, if you, if you know the inner workings of the Cowboys at all, you know Jerry Jones is the guy there. He, he calls a lot of shots. And the Cowboys have basically historically played starters in quote-unquote, meaningless situations. I don't agree with it. If I'm the Cowboys, I sit everybody. Because I just think, look, they could move up. They, they could get ahead of the Bucks or whatever. I think personally, when there's no buy, the week of rest is so important in the NFL. Like you said, we're, we're even this, this year is a little bit extra because we've had this extra game. I, I believe in resting players and, and coming out healthy, not getting anybody hurt, but the Cowboys don't. The Cowboys believe in, we want to stay sharp, we're going to play guys. We've seen that before. So I do think I, tr- I kind of trust that they're going to play everybody. And so that makes it hard to bet on the Eagles, who I don't know what Nick Sirianni is going to do. We don't have really a track record with him. They say they're they're kind of talking it through, which usually means they're not going to play starters. So, but you're right. Gardner Mitchell is he's a capable dude. I don't know what supporting cast is going to be around him at the end of the day, but I, I don't know. I, I It'll be tough to take the Cowboys, but I might end up on that side. Either way, no bet here. Just in case we get absolute clarity before kickoff, you know, this is the way it's going to go and uh, this is how they're going to play it out. Then maybe, but I, it's it's just what it's it's one of the weirder games in the schedule where I just can't I can't figure out really what to make of either side. This is more of a comment towards Dallas in the playoffs, but. Pollard's had better efficiency than Ezekiel Elliott all season. I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that Pollard's the better running back right now. Obviously, Zeke's got the big contract. Is there a point where Dallas just says to themselves, and, and look, obviously, Jones's fingerprints are all over what the team does, as you were talking about, and he's the one who paid Zeke. But at what point does maybe Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore or just somebody, just a, a voice of reason say, you know what? Pollard's more effective for us. Pollard is more dangerous for us. We're doing our opposition a favor when we go 70-30 with these guys. Maybe it should be 50-50. Maybe it should be 60-40. Maybe we should go hot hand. Is there, thinking playoffs, you know, people, some people get in playoff drafts and everything. I just wonder at one point if Dallas would be like, you know what, screw playing to the contract. Screw playing to the veteran. Zeke's still a, a talented player. I'm not saying kick him to the curb. I'm not saying deactivate him. But we could be more dangerous in the NFC playoffs if our featured back was Tony Pollard. Is there any chance of that happening short of Zeke getting hurt? I don't think so, because I think it would have happened already. I, we've been seeing this for weeks, even a year. I mean, last year we were all talking about this. I think it would have happened already. I just think that this is what they're going to be. They're going to be – Zeke is basically 60 and, and Pollard's 40, and uh, that's just the way it's going to be. I, and I don't know if anything to change is that. I don't think they're going to spring any surprises, because, again, I think it would have happened already. Probably right. Well, the – uh the championship game that we have, or as far as for a playoff spot goes, is a Sunday night game. The Chargers are at the Raiders. 
either team would get in with a win. And then there's that funky situation that if somehow the Colts lose to the Jaguars, which I don't think anybody expects, although the Jags have done really well in that series at Jacksonville. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Then the Raiders and Chargers would both get in with a tie. And I don't know if there's any way they could, they could somehow collude and have a tie. I don't think there's any way to do it. But uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that just be funny? Just watch there, was a, there was a famous World Cup game, and it was in like 1982, maybe? You can look it up. I, I'm not a soccer aficionado by any means, but I, I do know about this match where it was at the end of uh, group play. Yeah, both teams. So they just kind of kicked it back and forth, and it's like the most embarrassing game ever because you know how soccer fans are. They, the thing with soccer is you can play a 0-0 game. like that. It's not that hard to do. You just put, pull everybody back. You don't take any chances, and yeah. it's just so hard to score in soccer. I don't know if you could pull this off with football. And it's like the prisoner's dilemma, like, right? Yeah. Where, where the, the two prisoners have to agree on what they're going to do and get clemency. <laughs> but then one prisoner goes, hey, wait a minute. If I actually try here, I if I if I vote for myself, I get the benefit and I just screw the other guy. Right. And maybe I can, you know, maybe I have a little bit of remorse for a moment. But now I, I will say this, like, are we going to see Justin Herbert kneeling in the first quarter? No, that's not going to happen. It's just it, theoretically sure, but it's not going to happen. But you might see overtime where it's like, all right, let let can we just like play this really safe and, and get a tie here? And I don't know that necessarily you'd be going for it on fourth and one at your own forty. I mean, you know, I, I think we'd see if it got into overtime. I think it'd be a tie. I really do. I think I think at that point in this scenario, I think it would be anyway. Um, well, but, I think, playing it straight, but look, that, the Colts are going to lose. The Colts are going to lose anyway. So, Probably not uh, playing it. They're gonna, they're going to play straight. Um, I, it's hard not to take the Chargers. They're the better team. But look, we both kicked dirt on the Raiders weeks ago. I, I'll cop to it. I thought they were done. I thought they were absolutely finished. They've really played hard, and I give them a ton of credit. I think Derek Carr's leadership is showing up here. I think Hunter Renfro has really become an asset for them. He's 18th in the NFL on receiving yards. He is a good receiver, not just like a, hey, he's a good first slot receiver. No, no, he's a good receiver. He, he's making plays for them all over the field. I, I'll take the Chargers. I still have a I have a future bet out there that, that needs the Chargers to win here. So that's probably going to be my action on this game. But I, I can't sit here and tell you I think I'm going to cash that because the Chargers screw things up. That's just in their DNA. I don't know that I trust them quite yet to not screw it up. So even though they're a better team here, I can't just sit here and tell you, oh, yeah, Chargers are going to romp because they could screw this up. And the Raiders are playing really good, really inspired football. I don't keep records about my picking journal with, with every team, my picking ledger, but I, I have to be like three and thirteen with the Raiders or something, or whatever <laughs> three and twelve, whatever it is. Yeah, right. I've been wrong on them so often. I, I got them early. Early, I had them beating Baltimore the first week, and then I'm like, oh, they'll lose to Pittsburgh next week. Hasn't happened. And I've been wrong on them a lot. I'm optimistic that we'll see Derwin James and, and Bosa and guys like that for the Chargers here, and they just have a deeper roster, a more talented roster. The offense is more diverse, so this feels like a game the Chargers should win. I mean, the Raiders, I, it's still hard to believe what's gone on in their season, you know, with know. all the stuff with Gruden and then the unfortunate Henry Ruggs tragedy, you know, and, you know with, with the death, and that's just awful. And I, I can't believe the Raiders are still sitting here alive. Not to mention they beat a Colts team. Man, they have been Charlie Brown with the football for me. Every, every time I've believed that it was time to, to boot a field goal with the, the Colts, they have happily jarred the ball out of my reach. But I'm going to be on the Chargers Sunday night. I, I think I'm, I'm just going to be the last – sucker who keeps betting on the chargers and that's my <laughs> lot in life let's transition to some of the uh, some of the better games on sunday the 49ers and rams this has been a shanahan dominated series two 
quote unquote coaching geniuses that, that Shanahan's been controlling this one. The Rams are at home. They're four and a half point favorites at Bet MGM, and the total is 44 and a half. Obviously, both teams need this game for something. Uh, the Rams are trying to win the division. The Niners aren't in the playoffs yet, so you should get a pure effort from this game. Sounds like Trey Lance will probably play again. What do you make of this divisional showdown? Yeah, I, all of a sudden, I mean, I was you know, writing about Trey Lance on Sunday, and I kind of, uh, the tenor of my post was, oh, they're going to make the playoffs, so, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you start looking at the schedule for Week 18 and the scenarios, and you're like, wait a second. The 49ers lose this, and they're favored to lose. And the Saints beat the Falcons, and they're favored to beat, win that game. All of a sudden, the 49ers are out. Like, wow, okay. Like, this is a this is a playoff game for the 49ers. They got to win. They can't depend on the Falcons to beat the Saints. And so, but the Rams, you know, they want to win a division. They can't, they can't just assume that they're going to win a division because the Cardinals are right there. They have not clinched yet. Cardinals play the Seahawks and, and you assume the Cardinals are going to beat the Seahawks. So we're going to see this is, this is a playoff game for both teams. Basically. I, I like the 49ers getting the points. I, I just think, you know, Trey Lance is up at, let's, let's assume it's Trey, right? And Trey Lance is up and down, but I thought in the second half last week, he really, and he's done this before. He did it in a preseason where and he did it in his first game where he had to replace Jimmy, where he starts really slow, but then he heats up. He gets confident. He starts seeing the field better. He starts doing some things. And I I, I, I don't know that they're going to win, but I think they could. And I think Trey Lance is an asset here. I think he's going to keep getting better the more he plays. They have a ton of playmakers. Then, by the way, thank you uh, for Debo Samuel, Trey Lance. That, that long touchdown won me my fantasy game uh, last week. So I had to get that shout out. They got a ton of guys that can come at you. And I think this is going to be a close game one way or another. And it wouldn't surprise me if the 49ers won because they know what the stakes are. They, they know that, hey, we lose this game. We might, we might not be playing uh, in wildcard weekend. Yeah, it helped to get Eli Mitchell back last week. I think it was Ian Hartitz of, of PFF who had the stat that Mitchell has the most t- handles this year, the most carries and pass targets without a drop or a fumble, which is um, a feather well, in his cap. He's a good player. He's a really good player really good player. I mean, Samuel's had a breakout year, of course. They're just a better team with George Kittle. It doesn't always show up in the receiving stats because he's such a willing blocker and they don't force the ball to him downfield. Although, man, even when they don't do that, he he makes one highlight film catch catch every week. One of my my favorite players. I love George Kittle. And and the Rams, man, you know, they have a Matt Stafford problem. He's making loose plays every week. You know, I, I guess he could clean that up at any time. I'll give the Rams credit. I think they've actually incorporated Beckham better than I expected they would. They've gotten him engaged. They've gotten him to buy in. They're getting th- – this is kind of like the old Patriot book, right? You take a frustrated star in a situation that maybe has gone toxic, and then you bring him in. You think, okay, our culture is positive. It's a fresh start. Maybe we can get something out of him. You know, Beckham was a big reason why they pulled out that Baltimore game, and he, he's looked better than I expected. I, I'll be completely honest about that, but – with Stafford not being in good form right now, and just with respect to how many different pieces this diverse Niners offense has, and the fact that the line is actually, you're getting a decent amount of points with the Niners too. They can lose the game and easily cover this number. San Francisco is going to be one of my picks. So the Steelers and Ravens, we, we think of rock fights. It's usually what first team to 17 points wins these games. Don't know if Lamar Jackson will be available. Both teams have slim playoff hopes. They are unrealistic, but they could make it. I wonder if Pittsburgh just emptied the emotional tank on Monday night against Cleveland. The defense was great. They, they had a million sacks. You know, Watt was fantastic and maybe wrapped up defensive player of the year. They won despite Roethlisberger really doing anything. I mean, his YPA was terrible. 
I looked at all the historical quarterbacks with 40 more pass attempts with a YPA as lousy as Roethlisberger's was on Monday. And the only person who had ever done worse in that survey is Jesse Palmer, who ironically <laughs> enough, I guess he was hosting wow. the bachelor Monday night. I didn't realize that, but a bunch of people reminded me of that. So, and all the teams that had quarterbacks throwing 40 times or more with such a paltry return, they all lose. I mean, the fact that no, the Steelers won that game comfortably is actually a statement on how bad the Browns are. Yep. I think it's a hard game to cap. I, normally I would just take the points with Pittsburgh, but well, uh, four and a half, I don't know if I mentioned that's 42 is the total at bet MGM. But I just wonder if Pittsburgh emptied the emotional reservoir on, on Monday and now they have to play a game on short rest. Not sure who the Ravens quarterback is. I think it's a hard game to put money down on. What do you see? I, I get what you're saying. And, and yes, I did think that through with the whole, like, it was a very emotional night with Ben, but I think it was emotional for Ben. I, I think his teammates did rally around him and play well, and they wanted to get him the win. But I, I don't know this necessarily, but I'm guessing. I don't know if Ben's the type of everybody loves him dude in the locker room. Like, I, I, I'm sure they like him. I'm sure he's fine as a quarterback and all that. But I don't know that necessarily the Steelers emptied the tank, whereas Ben might have. But Ben wasn't – he's not going to be good this week. He wasn't good last week. He's He's Ben at this point. We know what we're getting out of him. Where – I don't know that this, why would the Ravens be favored by four and a half right now? They're so banged up. They're trying. They're, they got a great coach. They got some good players still, but I don't know what they've done the past few weeks to deserve being favored by more than four points. I'll take the Steelers and do it pretty comfortably here. I think that, I think Steelers, I think Steelers win. I do. I I just think their defense, when TJ Watts on the field, he's just a menace. He's going for the sack record. He's one behind Strahan. Hopefully, you know, Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson doesn't just slide down like Favre did back in the day to get him the record. But I, I just think, and by the way, TJ Watt, like, I think he's like minus 400 right now to win defensive player of the year, minus three. Like that game, it was like, okay, you, you get four sacks on a on a Monday night, you're you're probably vaulting to the top of those sure. rankings. Yeah, so I, I think Steelers win. And, you know, both of these teams, real quick to, to go through, you know, we talk about uh, like the Ravens need like five things to happen, right? Or four or whatever. But you got to play it out like it's going to happen because you don't want to have regret. So they're playing this game, just like we talked about the 49ers who are winning in. The Ravens got to play the same way because you don't know what's happening everywhere else. You just got to, hey, we got to go win this game. We got to figure out what happens after. The Steelers can't be sitting there saying, well, we need the Colts to lose. They're never going to lose to the Jaguars. You don't know that. You just, it's the NFL. So both of these teams are going to be playing absolutely like they're, they can still get in the playoffs and see what happens after that. That's why they line up these games at the same time slot. So I think we're going to get full effort out of both teams. And I think the Steelers, at very least, are going to keep it within four and a half just because their defense, they're going to ugly up the game. They, I think they can keep this close at very least, and I think they're going to win. Yeah, I think at this point, Pittsburgh at least will be my lean. We'll, we'll see if I have the gumption to place a bet on them on Sunday. Saints still very much alive in the NFC. They do need help to get in the playoffs, but one of the things they need to do is take care of business at Atlanta. The Saints are four and a half point favorites at Bet MGM. The total is 40 and a half. You know, if you give the Saints confident quarterback play, you're generally, I mean, they've lost the games when they've had to play Ian Book. They've lost the games when they've had to play Trevor Simeon, at least as a starter. He did have that one relief game against Tampa Bay. For some reason, the Saints just beat Tampa Bay every time they play. It feels like <laughs> yeah. not last year in the playoffs, but. I'm sure the Buccaneers are like, man, do not put the Saints in the playoffs. We don't we don't want to meet up with those guys again. The Falcons, you know, for a team that was alive in the playoffs until last week, I mean, they, they've been 32nd or 31st in DVOA almost all season. They've been a little bit cosmetically better in the, in the win-loss record, but the metrics don't like this team at all. 
and yet I just feel like this is a, a, a angle where the spread would, was going to be one or two points normally, but because the Saints quote unquote need the game and the Falcons don't, you get to lay four and a half on New Orleans. Are you willing to do that when they go to Atlanta this week? I mean, every every year of the finale, we see some game that just blows us away. Like, oh wow, how did that team? I think this might be it. I look. I think everybody knows by now how underrated this rivalry is. I don't even know if it's underrated anymore. These teams hate each other. This is one of the good rivalries in the NFL. And the Atlanta Falcons, who are they're out, right? But to knock the Saints out of the playoffs would make their offseason. They would go in the offseason feeling really good. I think they treat this like a playoff game. I think they empty everything they have in the bag for this. And I don't like the Falcons as a team. I like you said, they're they're been in the 30s in DVOA most of the year. They're not good. But I think you're going to see this team play like, hey, this is our Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's let's knock these, you know, so-and-so Saints out of the playoffs. And the Saints aren't the type of team that's really going to just run away from you. Even last week against an awful Panthers team, it was like, all right, still 10-9. All right, oh, now it's 12-9. All right, like, they could not pull away from the Panthers. So I think at very least the Falcons keep this close. I actually like this game a lot. I, I, I like the Falcons. I just... When you look at games, and I think yours is going to be the next one, but mine for this week of the weird, like, this might be the odd, like, upset that we didn't see coming. I think it's Atlanta, because I think this is just a Super Bowl for them. And 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 we'll see. I, I mean, it's it's backing a bad team, but that's what you're going to be doing in, in this situation. I also think all the squares are going to pile on New Orleans, and I, I feel like the, the Sharps yes, are yes. going to wait. And by the way, I, I, I was going to get the say, Falcons later in the week, right, and get five right, or exactly. six or something I think like this that. Line's yeah. gonna, I think this line might go to six, six and a half even, because I think – so much money's going to, when people are, because people are just going to say like, oh, well, the Saints are playing for a playoff spot. The Falcons got nothing to play for. Of course, they're going to bet the Saints. And I think this goes up. I think you can get at least six and I'll pounce on it at six. Good idea to wait for that. Now, a game I jumped on um, was Patriots at Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins getting six and a half at BetMGM. I found a seven earlier today and took it over under is 39 and a half. New England, now, look, when we talk about team history, and, and, and I always laugh when somebody are like, talk about the team history between the Giants and Chargers, whatever. They play every four years. It doesn't matter. But when teams are in the same division, at least you get the two matchups. Maybe there'll be a playoff matchup thrown in every once in a while. So then you can start looking at track records with the same coaching staff, with, with a fair amount of the same personnel. And, and Miami has never kissed the ring of Belichick. I remember a couple of years ago, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick as a 17-point underdog or thereabouts winning at New England in Week 17 knocking New England out of the bye. And then the following week, you know, people were like, oh, is Tom Brady really going to lose in the playoffs to Ryan Tannehill? Well, yeah, he did. But terrible that game too. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's not as simple as you just can't, you just don't win because you have a bigger name or you have a bigger brand or whatever it is. Miami won this game in the, in the first meeting at New England. We know Harris had the late fumble in that game. Game the Patriots probably regret, you know, blowing that game. You know, whatever. Belichick makes his team better during the regular season. It's really good to get them early in the year. But, Miami's generally been a house of horrors for the Patriots. I don't think Miami's a flawed team. Two is a flawed quarterback. This team doesn't have any over the top threat, but I don't think Flores is in any way going to back down. I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're afraid of the Patriots at all. I know that New England just threw up 50 against Jacksonville, but so what it's Jacksonville. I immediately knew I'd be on Miami in this game. What say you? Yeah. I'm a little more conflicted on Miami for this one reason. When t- look, look, I just talked about the Falcons but they're not in this situation of when your dream is dashed, basically it's hard to get up the next week. The Falcons they've known for weeks they're done, right? Like it has, it's no shock to their system. Whereas I think the Dolphins started to talk themselves into, we can make the playoffs. They, they were in the seven seed after beating the saints. And so you lose last week, like you did to Tennessee. 
And all of a sudden it's this crushing, like, oh no, like we can't make the playoffs anymore. This was our goal. This was our hope. They got their hopes up anyway. So I don't know that they could get up like they should be able to, but you make great points. I think they probably do want to finish the season on a high note after digging themselves out of that one and seven hole. I think they do want to beat the Patriots because it's the Patriots. I think I, I don't think this team is disengaged yet. I, I, I did they had a bad game at Tennessee, but I, I think that they have an, probably enough in the tank for one more good performance. I do worry a little bit about a letdown, but like you said, you found that seven. If I could find a seven, I'll probably take it too. Because again, and I wonder too, look, of all the coaches in the NFL, and I just talked about, you got to play it out. Like whatever happens, happens. One coach in the NFL is smarter than everybody is Bill Belichick. And he's probably looking saying, Bill's really going to lose to the Jets. No, like we know, like we know we're not winning the division. So what are we playing for? Really? We're maybe it is smart to ease back a little bit on starters or, or pull Mac at halftime or whatever he's going to do. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to approach this game. The Patriots of, we were just talking before we started taping the Patriots have suffered some bad injuries in the last week of the season. And I don't know if, if Bill's still gung ho about, Hey, I'm playing my starters no matter what. I think the week week of rest would help this team a little bit. So I don't know. There's there's so many angles here. This is one of those games where I'm definitely going to be reading all the stories coming out of Miami and New England Wednesday, Thursday, trying to get some idea of what the locker room's feeling, if Miami's really up for this game, if New England's taking it seriously. It'll guide my bet a little bit. But I'm with you. I think I'd lean Dolphins either way and, and hoping to get seven or maybe even more. I don't think any coach or organization would ever admit this. But it would make sense if New England internally said, okay, look, let's monitor the Jets-Buffalo game. If that game is should, competitive right? at halftime, okay, fine. Maybe we, we ride this game out a little deeper with key personnel we can't replace. If it's Bills 31-3 at halftime, maybe it's like get all of our irreplaceable players off the field. Now, look, and we were saying this before the show, it's, it's not like an NFL roster on game day. This isn't a high school team where you have a hundred or a college team. You have 109 guys on the field. People are sharing uniform numbers. You could only dress a very modest amount of players on game day. So you can't bench everybody, but every team has some guys where the drop down is usually a quarterback, a couple other positions, but I mean, you're going to the playoffs with Brian Hoyer. You're going nowhere. Going in with Mac Jones, you have a chance. I mean, most teams are screwed at the back of has to play. There's a few teams you wouldn't say that's true, but most teams that's, are in that situation. So I wonder if Belichick would look at the Jets. And look, I know everybody thinks the Bills are going to beat the Jets. I mean, double-digit upsets happen. We've seen a bunch of them. For a long time, we, we didn't see any of them. In the last two months, we've, we've been seeing them just about every week. You know, how did this team lose to that team? So Right, or even, uh, I mean, even I if the Jets – convert a fourth and two last week they beat the buccaneers like okay like tampa i, I didn't lost expect that, that. tampa definitely should oh absolutely should have lost that game yeah and after antonio brown lost his mind uh it it's just one of the yeah we don't know it has a thing it's like we sit here like I've, I've mentioned this before so i'm repeating myself but it bears worth repeating again before we start to bet on week 18 games we all just sit here and say oh there's no chance of colts lose to the Jaguars. oh there's no chance of titans lose to the it happens every single week. It could happen. I'm not saying I'm going to be playing the Jaguars money line or anything, but don't be so surprised when there's a big upset this week because it happens every week, and, and week 18, too, is no exception. And Jacksonville, we'll get to it in a minute, they have a winning streak at home against the Colts for whatever reason that's been a good – I don't know why that's been so, but it has been so. I mean, not that long ago, the Texans beat the uh, the Titans. They're going to play again this week. So, I mean, these things can't happen. Bengals, Browns, this is an interesting game because the line is ping-ponged. At one point, the Browns were three-point favorites. Currently, 
The Bengals, uh, the road team, are two and a half point favorites at BetMGM. Totals 42 and a half. Baker Mayfield is, is finally out for the season. He's going to have the labrum surgery on the left wing. We all know he's been playing hurt for for a while. I mean, I I really thought that Browns need to be the adults in the room six or eight weeks ago and be like, yeah, hey, yeah. Baker, you're not right. Um, it, it's not fair to throw you out there, expose you. I, the player always wants to play, right? I mean, early 99% of the time, the player wants to be out there. So I, I admire that Baker's tough and everything. I think they would have been better off with a healthy Case Keenum. We'll get to look at that this week. And the Bengals, you know, they can move up a little bit in seeding, but I wonder, you know, Joe Burrow took a, a hit late in that game against the Chiefs. It sounds like he's fine, but obviously if Burrow gets hurt, there goes your dream. I don't know if Cincinnati, when they make the playoffs, this is just a, oh, you know, we're happy to be here. Let's take a step, maybe win a game. But, you know, it, it's you need to go in the playoffs and get your feet wet before you actually make a deep run. I can only play the Browns here because I don't think Keenum's worse than a hurt Mayfield. And I think the Bengals are at some point going to pull back from guys. I don't know if it's in the first half or the second half or, or maybe just they play Burrow. He takes a hard hit and then they look at each other like, okay that's our meal ticket. He can't, we can't go deeper without him. And he's, you know, Burrow still doesn't have a great offensive line in front of him. He still holds the ball very gallantly and, and maybe naively at times. He takes a lot of hits. He takes a lot of sacks. I don't think he's playing a full game here. I don't think, again, the Cleveland quarterback situation, I think they might be better off with a healthy Keenum. I know if Cleveland's an underdog, I am without question taking the points. I, I, this is one game I, we're going to be opposite sides. One game I've played so far is the okay. Bengals because I think this is going to go up, and I'll, I'll explain why. Um, I think I don't think it's right to say the Bengals have nothing to play for, and I, I know I've probably contradicted myself on many of these, but I think each individual scenario you have to take it for what it is. And in the Bengals' case, look, the Kansas City Chiefs play on Saturday, and I think everybody, you know, if they win, oh, well, the Bengals can't get the one seed, so they'll pack it in. The Bengals can still get up to the number two seed, and that does depend on the Titans losing. But it's, I believe, anyway, I looked this up before, so I didn't triple check it. But if the Chiefs win, the Titans lose, the Bengals still get the two seed, and there's value in that. That means you don't have to go to Tennessee. You're, you're guaranteed not to have to go to the Buffalo Bills. You are, the only game you're going to have to play on the road in the AFC playoffs would be in that scenario at Kansas City. And the second round, if two versus if two plays three, you would host that game. I think there's meaning in that. I think there's value in that. A ton of value. Like, so I think Cincinnati, I think Zach Taylor's gonna look at this thing and say, you know what? The one the mountain mitigating factor, I will say, is Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, we saw him limp off, but I, you know, he's dancing in the locker room afterwards. I think he's okay. I I assume he's gonna play. If Joe plays, I think that the Bengals play this game like, hey. Let's play this thing out. Let's try to stay hot because they are on a hot streak right now. And let's see what happens with Tennessee. And maybe we do get the two seed. I, I, I'm, I, and, and obviously, if Kansas City loses on Saturday to Denver, they got shot the one seed. And they're definitely going to be playing at that point. So I don't, think, I don't think Cincinnati's packing this in. I really don't. And I, I think the Bengals, look, the Browns were so bad on Monday night. And so a lot of that was Baker. Like we talked about how bad Ben was and Baker was much worse. He was... He's a shell of himself. It's it's hard to watch. I don't know how much of it is injury. I don't know how much is the receivers around him, which are very good. We both agree that Case Keenum is a better better option for them right now because he's healthy. But I don't think he's a great option either. I, I think, I don't know. I just wonder if the Browns, like, I think they did go into Monday night saying, we're going to give it our all. We prepared all week. Let's go. But I don't know if they're going to be the letdown team this week. I, I think the Bengals... I think the Bengals play this thing out, and I think they're going to win. They're a much better team right now, just given how you know everything's going to play out. 
I know the Browns won once already, and that's probably going to be on the back of the Bengals' mind too. You know, you, you, you're you know, resolving old debts, so to speak, because the, the Browns blew them out once. I think the Bengals play really well and get over on them and blow them out. I really do. And I think that I think that's how Zach's going to approach this game. Now, again, I'm going to have to, even though I've bet it already, I'm going to be watching news reports and all that. But I think the Bengals, uh, I think the Bengals get this done. It's one, of, it's the one game I've played so far. You know, I, I I'm almost reluctant to say this, but I can't shake the idea that. I could see Zach Taylor winning coach of the year because they love to give coach of the year to the team that, you know, kind of came out of nowhere, semi nowhere. And then like, he's unemployed in two years. <laughs> right. right, like, right. Where it's like, it's not that he's a Here's great the coach. Question, he, Scott, why, why would Zach Taylor get it over Mike Vrabel? I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I'd give it to Vrabel too. I'd give it to Belichick the little, over Zach Taylor. Really? I'd give it to LaFleur. That, that's my, that's my, I'd have no problem I, with LaFleur either. But, if you're just saying to two AFC guys, Taylor's ahead of of Vrabel in the in the odds. Let's say the Tennessee Titans get the number one seed. I think they're a little bit of paper tiger for sure. But they were without Derrick Henry. They lost AJ Brown for a long time. Julio's given them nothing at all, and they get the one seed in the AFC. And you're going to take Zach Taylor's coach of the year over him? Why? What? I don't know what argument you can make. I, I don't. I don't get that. I don't. But I agree. Like he is in he is in a running, and I'm not totally sold on him. But look, they had a good year, and I do think. You know, I'm going to be interested to see what they say on Wednesday, but I think you're going to see a lot of quotes uh, along the lines of, we want to keep this momentum going. We want to keep this hot streak going. They don't want to stop playing now. They are they might be the hottest team in football after the last couple of weeks. You know, I don't think coaches vote. I don't think uh, voters vote this way, but if you were between, let's just say you decided that Taylor and Vrabel were the two guys you were deciding between. I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking who would I hire first if I needed a coach and these yep. both these yep. guys yeah, were on the market. Right. Who would I want? And I would hire Vrabel before Taylor a hundred percent of the time. I would too. I think he's a good coach. I mean, coach of the year is the weirdest award. Like I, you know, if you look at the, like Josh Pastner has won ACC basketball coach of the year since like more recently than Mike Krzyzewski. Like Mike Krzyzewski hasn't won since like 2005 or something yeah, like that. The, the bird, it, the bird it, it, being great. They don't want to give it to the great so coaches. It's so weird. Coach Matt Nagy so was coach weird. of the year not that long right. ago. Right, right, yeah. Right. It's I think uh, Mike Smith won a coach of the year. Uh, this is a bunch of them. It's 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 a very Jason serious. Garrett. Jason Garrett won coach of the year. A Dax rookie year. Hard to believe, man. And he's having the last laugh now because they're actually worse without him since he left. You mentioned Matt LaFleur, who would be an excellent coach of the year candidate. The Packers have wrapped up the number one seed in the NFC. Now they go to the Scrappy Lions again. They've been a great ATM for us, uh, ATS this year. Uh, Lions only two and a half, which seems to suggest that Green Bay won't be taking this game very seriously. The total is 43 and a half. Now, the thing is, with the bye, they're locked in. They're not playing this week. I would think this becomes like one of those preseason games where you you just let the offense go out, feel good about itself for a series or two, and then you pull everybody. And I, I think you could even pull just not start the guys if you want. But I suspect we'll see a quarter of Aaron Rodgers, a series, and then he'll throw a touchdown pass to Devontae Adams, and then they'll be wearing baseball caps the rest of the day or beanies or whatever it is. And right. Aaron Rodgers can be you – know, maybe I'll have Aaron and Rand uh, – you know, on the, on the sidelines reading, <laughs> reading one of her books, but um, I don't think I can't see the pack in the line reflects this. Of course, they don't think green, if this, if the green Bay needed this game, we'd be talking about like a nine or 10 point spread, but well, I don't know. I want to bet it. I think there's been a big adjustment here, but surely green Bay won't go all out. Right. Uh, I, I don't think so, but look, the Indianapolis Colts kind of changed how people look at this back in one of the great Peyton Manning years. They were resting guys like three weeks before the season ended. And then they got the bye week and then they lost their first game. It's probably 05 against Pittsburgh. Uh, and after that, teams who have the bye don't necessarily rest dudes in week last week of the season because they're worried about, well, if we're taking, we're 
at that point you're you're like 22 games days between games or whatever it is that's a long time without playing football so Aaron Rodgers already come out and said he wants to play I think Devontae said he wants to keep playing they got some guys coming back they David Bakhtiari Jair Alexander who they want to get they want to get in the game if they're healthy enough so I think the Packers take this semi-seriously I think I exactly think what you think that this is gonna be kind of preseason-ish they're gonna play quarter two series whatever it is I don't think a full game here the Lions before last week had played hard. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't play hard last week. They just got blown out. And I, I don't know where their heads are at. But I do think they're going to play hard. They have usually most of the season 10-6 and six ATS. I, I, I got to lean the Lions, but you're right. I probably won't be betting this unless I get a really, really strong lean for some news item that comes out. Another thing I, I think I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't done the legwork yet on this, but try to do some hunting with te- with players who are close to plateaus. Because usually coaches, I remember last year, you know, Mike Evans was going for, I think, the 1,000-yard season for you know, whatever year in a row it was. And the Buccaneers wanted to see him get that. So just keep an eye on some of that stuff. It will help you with your DFS decisions, your fantasy decisions, and maybe even just your game handicaps. The Bears at the Vikings, uh, I would think Kirk Cousins probably back in this game. Minnesota is a three-point favorite, which may reflect that uncertainty. The total is 44.5. You cannot make me bet on this football game. But we have to pick it. <laughs> So uh, how are we picking it? This is the one game where I was like, I don't know. Like I, I was I was doing prep before the show, and I, I got to this game, and I'm like, how? How do you even begin? Like, we don't know if Justin Fields going to play. We don't, I think, Kirk Cousins is going to play, but we don't know. Uh, the Vikings looked dead in the water. I thought Mike Zimmer was really kind of out of line, honestly, talking about Kelamond like he did. I thought that was disrespectful and unprofessional. I, I don't know, like, I don't know necessarily if the Vikings are going to quit on him for that or any reason, but it just kind of shows where that team is at. Like, they, I'll, I'll lean Bears just to take the points in a game I have no idea about, but no bets on this. It's just for our ATS pick and pool, basically, that I'll take the Bears because who knows? I had no idea of what to make of this game. I lean Bears too. And man, did this Mike Zimmer seem pissed off? He had the he had the rosy cheeks. He did yeah. not enjoy a football game where his team got got ripped. And then for whatever reason, poor Kellen Mond, he just, you know, he threw him under the bus. It's not Mond's reason they you know, they lost. I mean, I don't know. Um I'm a Zimmer fan. He's somebody who the moment he's unemployed will will get hired really quickly. And if you could ever get him back as a coordinator, I think that'd be an absolute coup. Cause I think he still think he's got a lot of good ideas. And I, and I love the reverse Peter principle when you could take on a fired coach as a, as a coordinator. Yeah. Dan Quinn this year. Look at him. Yeah. It, it I think Vic Fangio, I think Vic Fangio's in the same boat after the Yep. Fangio is another great example. And it just seems with Minnesota and Zimmer, I, it just, at some point the team tunes you out. Coaches, by and large, in professional sports, aren't meant to stay in the same place for a long time. Occasionally, it happens. Greg Popovich, it, it's worked out. It's worked out with Belichick. It's, those guys are such the exceptions. No, nobody's supposed to be really be. You know, Mike Tomlin is, is another guy, and he's having a, a tough season this year. But he's still uh, Mike Tomlin. If he was ever unemployed, he'd have as many job offers as he wanted in five minutes. Yeah, but yeah. I would hire Mike Zimmer. I just think it's time for him to leave Minnesota. I do too. So the Washington football team, this is the swan song because apparently they're the news is they're going to pick a new nickname. So if you want to get your Washington football team gear and celebrate their their four-game losing streak, oh, but oh, look, then they play the New York Giants who have decided <laughs> in a year where there's been a lot of bad teams, okay? The Jaguars have had their moments. The Texans have had their moments. The Jets have had their moments. I mentioned how the Falcons look so bad in DVOA. A lot of bad football teams. The Giants are demanding that they they want to they want to be known. It's like they're trying to win the the, the AP poll. They want to be known as the worst football team. They can't get three hundred yards 
in a week anymore. They sometimes they don't get the 200. Last week they just gave up trying to throw the ball. It just looked like they quit. Looked like they were trying. If they could have mercy ruled that game in halftime, they're like, you know what, we're all set. You got the win, Chicago. Yeah. We're we're not coming back out for the second half. Wouldn't have surprised me. And the problem is the line has reflected that the football team is a six and a half point favorite on the road, and the total is 38 and a half. You angling to get down on Washington, New York. Yeah, the, the Giants and Joe Judge, too, might just have golf clubs on the sidelines. Like, oh, is it done yet? We done? I, I thought what Joe Judge did last Sunday was shameful. Maybe I'm overreacting to it, but in the first half of that game, they ran about 23 times and passed it twice, and they were down 22-3 at halftime. And that, to me, was Joe Judge. They you know, they got strip-sacked on the first play. I get Mike Glennon's not any good. I do get that. But that was Joe Judge, to me, passively, aggressively saying, you know what, you gave me this team, it stinks. I'm not even going to try to win. I, I don't know. Like, I, how could, else could you look at that game? He wasn't trying to win. He was not trying to win that game. And then he has a bizarre, like, post-game thing after where he's talking about players who left the Giants, who make more money, say they wish they had taken less. What are you talking about? Like, that, that didn't happen. We all know that. So I, I just think that this team has quit. They've looked bad for weeks. I'll take Washington. I, I, I'll probably put them in teasers. This is one of those meaningless games where I could find an angle, and it's – I'm going to keep hammering, <laughs> fading the Giants because they've just quit. They they don't want to play football anymore. Yeah, it's a teaser for me. It's also every week I always say, you know, why don't I just bet the Giants under their point total? Because their implied point that, total is always like 15 or 16. And it's right. just so hard for this team to score more than a nothing. touchdown a week. Absolutely nothing. Why, why play Saquon Barkley in this game too? Like, I, just let him get rest. Like, I just, ugh, the Giants are hard to watch. It is just such a clown show there right now. So the Colts obviously need the game at Jacksonville, which is why they are a whopping 15-and-a-half-point favorites. Totals 44 at BetMGM. But this is, for whatever reason, the Jaguars have won a bunch of games in a row at home in this series, four or five in a row, something like that. Of course, they've lost eight in a row this season. They blew the end game against the Jets two weeks ago. They I don't think they ever showed up in New England. It's a classic get-right spot for the Patriots. They got blown out there. Man, it's a hold-your-nose pick. Because, because I get it. You, nobody yeah. wants to ever bet on the Jaguars, but they're at home getting 15 and a half. This, this line would have been the 20s if it was in Indianapolis. I, I just can't assume that. And the Colts, what did they do last week that made you feel good? You know, right. the only long pass that Carson Wentz completed was a pass into double coverage with two receivers in the same area. A play that had like almost no chance of succeeding and ended up being a touchdown for T.Y. Hilton. Look, I get it. Maybe Jonathan Taylor, who, who's had big game against the Jaguars in the past, maybe he romps in this game. And, and I'm really curious to see what happens with Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor. I think either one of them would be a great pick for offensive player of the year. It seems like Taylor's the favorite in the betting market right now, but I, I can't give 15 and a half on the road with the Colts. I, the Jaguars still get paid. There hasn't been a dead cat bounce with without urban Meyer. I thought there might be, and that hasn't been the case, but I, I still have to hold my nose and take the Jaguars. Uh, you, you said it better than I could exactly the same way. I feel who are the Colts to be given 15 and a half on the road right now? I just, you know, the Jaguars looked awful last week. They are awful, but uh, yeah, 15 and a half. Fine. Uh, I guess I'll, I'm not going to bet it, but I'll, I'll take them, pick them in pools or whatever, just because 15 and a half just seems a little egregious. And by the way, in the coup, the cup, Taylor thing. This is from somebody who has a lot of Taylor futures. I think Cup's going to win. I think he's going to get to 2,000 or close. He's going to break Calvin's record. Even in a 17-game season, that just holds weight. Like, people are going to say, wow, well, this guy set the single-season receiving record. He might set the receptions record. He's 12, and that's not out of the realm of possibility for Cooper Cup. So, I think Taylor's had a fantastic year, but he doesn't have that 
here's why you should vote where is Cooper Cup if he breaks Calvin's record. It's like, that's why I should vote for Cooper Cup. Okay. That, that. So I think Cup wins it over Taylor. Why do you think Taylor's the favorite right now? I think just because running back. Because it always goes this hierarchy, like quarterbacks over the moon, right? Like everybody votes quarterback. And then, all right, we can't vote for a quarterback. Who else we vote for? Well, running back, we're going to vote for. And then it's like, well, there's no running back. Let's vote for receivers. I think that's the reason, honestly. Taylor's had a great season. If, if somebody votes for, like, there are some votes out there that I'd be like, that's a bad vote. If somebody votes Mac Jones over Jamar Chase, I'm going to be like, that's a bad vote. Mac he Jones votes. is the favorite now, too. I know. It's I just because he's quarterback. That's the only reason. He hasn't had a better year. But. I think that it's, it's yeah, I, I think that, I think if somebody votes for Taylor, I'm fine with that, obviously. He's a great player. He's had a great year. But I think Cup is probably going to win. Again, if they had just said most outstanding player, I know, I know. then Jamar Chase would already they'd be doing the engraving on the rookie of the year. And look, I'm, I like Mac Jones. I'm a Patriots fan. In a year where most rookie quarterbacks have, have absolutely vomited all over themselves. Yeah, and again, they're placed in bad situations. I don't know who would have succeeded in Jacksonville. But Mac Jones has been good. Solid. Jamar Chase looks like a generational player, and Mac Jones hasn't, if he's going to be that someday. And look, Mac Jones is throwing to very ordinary guys, right? I mean, we'd all we'd all love to to be Joe Burrow throwing to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in college, and now he's got T. Higgins <laughs> and the pros and Chase. And when Tyler Boyd is your forgotten guy who, who gets the, the leftover scraps, you're living a pretty good life. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, if I had a vote, and again, it's not a knock on Mac Jones, I, I would click jamar chase immediately and i yeah. i hope he wins i think that's I the think right pick I, yeah. I just I, I was very cynical about how these awards go with winning quarterbacks involved i don't know what to say about the jets and bills the bills need the game uh they've been a bully this year they have covered every one of their wins i want to say and, and every time they've been in a spot to smash somebody they've done it it's 16 and a half which is a really big number the total is just 43.5 you gotta put a ticket on this game uh maybe bill's first half i, I don't know like Every time I, I, I just, there's something holding the Bills back. I don't know what it is. Like, even Josh Allen last week, I mean, he has 17 passer rating. Three I know it was snowy, but oh, God, come on. Like, I keep waiting for the Bills to really kick it into gear, and they haven't. Look, the Jets played hard last week. They they should have won that game. I, I guess I'll take the Jets. I, I, I just, and again, no bet here, because I don't want to really spend an afternoon watching the Jets, but I'll probably pick them and pick up Bills. Maybe the Bills' first half, if it's a decent number. I haven't looked yet. But, you know, I, I think the Bills probably get off to a fast start and cruise. They they need this win the AFC East. They're going to play hard. They're going to play all that. But I, I don't know. There's just something about, the, something about this season's Bills team that's just like, I want them to be great. They've shown greatness in short spurts, but... There's just it's it's never clicking all at the same time, and I don't know what to make of them going forward. I think last week underscored it again, and we saw it in the New England game, the first one. Buffalo's a dome team that plays outside. They are not well yeah. designed to play element games, to play winter games. I I, I haven't looked. I mean, it's Tuesday. It's I don't know if it, there's any really sense in looking at the weather forecast yet because we're so far out, but. Buffalo wants a clean track. They they would love it if this was like 45 or 50 degrees out with, with no wind. <laughs> no that's wind, that's yeah. what they do. They're not a power running team, you know? And the Jets have been plucky lately. They, they easily, they should have beaten Tampa Bay. They they haven't, for whatever reason, they haven't packed it in. I, I'm not going to bet on this game, but in the in the pick and pulls, I'm going to click the Jets for sure. Panthers or Buccaneers? Um, and what, what can you say here? The Bucs are seven and a half point favorites. Totals 41 and a half. I think Tampa takes this game seriously for a few reasons. For one thing, Tom Brady needs to figure out who his receivers are. He, he's thrown to guys, you know, that a lot of us have, probably haven't heard of. Obviously, Godwin's out for the year. The, the Brown situation 
is what it is. I don't know how healthy Mike Evans is. Maybe they back off on Gronkowski this game. You need him for the playoffs to, to take a deep run. And, you know, at his age, I, I don't know that giving him a lot of snaps makes sense. But he needs to figure out which other receivers are going to be in the circle of trust. So um, I don't know. Maybe I could bet Tampa Bay's team total here. Panthers, man, they oh. six losses in a row. Uh, the, the Newton thing didn't work out. I know Darnold started well against the Saints, but he was terrible in the second half. Uh, totals 41 and a half. Do you see an angle that you like here? Uh, definitely not taking any part of this game because and here's where you have to separate what I think they should do versus what they're saying they're going to do. I honestly think the Bucks should sit everybody. You make a good point about Brady figuring out the offense and all that, but I think here the Buccaneers can't move up to the bye. Yeah, they, they can. The seed does matter. I get that. But in this case, they're banged up. And if they lose anybody else, it's critical mass at that point. If let's say Mike Evans goes out and, and, and pulls his hamstring again in the first half, like what do you do? Like you're going into playoffs without any receivers. Tyler Johnson's your number one guy. So if I'm the Bucks, I sit all my guys. Bruce Arians has already come out and said, we're playing this thing to win. We're, why wouldn't we? And I have to take him at his word and think they will. I don't know if they're going to sit guys at some point. And I'd, I'd hate to be holding a Buccaneers minus seven and a half ticket. And at the end of the first quarter, they ink everybody. I don't even, off the top of my head, I couldn't even tell you who their backup is. I I don't even know. Is Garrett I mean, still there? I was wondering that. I, I truly don't know. It's been so long since we've seen a Buccaneers backup. I would sit everybody. I don't think Arians does, but I don't know how long they play. I don't want to take the Panthers. They're so bad right now. They're, there's not one positive thing that's going to come out of this season for the Carolina Panthers. I, I just, it's a total layoff. I guess I'll take the Bucks, but I, I know, I really don't even have a lean right now. I'll probably pick this one Sunday morning as I sit in front of my computer picking our pick and pool. Yeah, I, I do think if you wanted, if, if you wanted to go a Tampa Bay angle, maybe a first quarter, first half is the way you attack that so you get some exposure to maybe Brady playing a partial game. Again, that preseason, let's just feel good about ourselves and, and then get everybody out of harm's way before something bad happens. I don't know. I could see that angle, I guess. Yeah, I, I, but it's just, it's it's hard. This is a preseason. To me, this is one of those preseason games where I'm like, I don't know. I, I couldn't give you an angle on either team, really, to that, that feels good. And just to... Complete the earlier conversation. Blaine Gabbard is the backup in Tampa Bay. So. Okay. Blaine still cashing him checks. Respect. Still got that great head of hair. Uh, final game to discuss. Seattle at Arizona. Six and a half point favorites for the home Cardinals. Total is 47 and a half. You know, Wilson started to play better. Um, DK Metcalf, you know, won everybody their fifth place game in the fantasy playoffs. You know, the <laughs> consolation championship with the three right. touchdowns. I mean, he, you know, yeah. for, for six weeks, he couldn't find the end zone. No. But Wilson's played better. You know, for all the talk of Roethlisberger and the, and the Steelers getting that win, and not that Roethlisberger played great. I mean, maybe Wilson knows that that could have been his final game last week at Seattle. No, they, now they go to Arizona, who's kind of been a helter-skelter, heckle and jekyll team. I don't think it's an easy game to bet. 47.5 is the total. What are you doing, Seattle, Arizona? I do lead Arizona because the NFC West is still in play for them. They're going to have to play. And before last week when the Seahawks jumped on a really bad Lions team, I mean, whatever. The Lions have competed against the spread, but they're still a two-win team. The Seahawks had been one of those teams that if they're playing a decent opponent, they're not playing well. They're just, since Wilson came back, they they played well against the Texans. They played well against the Lions. And every other game, they've looked suspect. So I don't know why I'd back them here. They might have, you know, a little bit of a, you know, not the, again, I don't think Russell Wilson's the kind of guy in the locker room that everybody loves and everybody's just 
you know, running through walls for, but he is a great quarterback. And I wonder if they emptied the emotional tank a little bit last week and that was their Super Bowl. But on the other on the other end of that, Pete Carroll is Mr. Always Compete. Like he wants he, he wants his team to win every single game, every single rep in practice, every so I don't think they're necessarily gonna approach this like it, it it's meaningless, but I don't know if the, if the Cardinals get up on them early. I don't know if the Seahawks are really going to be rallying back. Let's put it that way. The Cardinals have a lot to play for in this game because if 49ers could beat the Rams, there's no question about that. So I think Cardinals have to play this as, hey, if we win, we got a shot at the NFC West Championship in a home game. So I think you'll get the best effort out of the Cardinals. I don't necessarily think the Seahawks are going to pack it in or anything, but I don't know that I trust them to necessarily keep this close. I'm also going to look at maybe some Kyler Murray rushing props, the idea that the later in the season it gets, quarterbacks, I think, a recklessness or, a, well, whatever. I can I can rest all off season. I'm not going to hold anything back. So I, I think he'll be a more proactive runner, not just this week, but into the playoffs. That's something I'll be looking at when the prop windows open. Conviction plays. Too long, didn't listen. What are the strongest games as we look at this on a Tuesday afternoon? It's hard to feel great about any of them, really, honestly. 49ers stand out to me. Steelers stand out to me. Falcons, once that, that line inflates a little bit, which I think it will. Uh, the Bengals, obviously, I played that already. I hope I don't regret that, uh, you know, when I have more time to think about it. Uh, Washington football team will be on there for me, and maybe the Cardinals will make it. Maybe like a Cardinals-Washington teaser. I could see that happening, but it's a hard week. It's you got to really be on the grind this week to, to have any convictions here. What you got? Yeah, I'll find a, a way to bet Washington, but it might be a tease it's, or maybe just to fade the Giants pick. I do like Miami. I am tempted to, to take maybe the Packers first quarter or something like that. I, I think Rod, I think they want to have Rodgers in just one good series, two good series, and then get off, put the baseball cap on. We'll see you in two weeks. So those are some of the things I'm leaning at. I've already punched the Miami plus seven ticket. You may not be able to get that. And I agree with you. If you're going to take the Falcons, wait, because I think that number is going to go up and I'll be on Atlanta as well. For more betting advice across all the various sports, be sure to subscribe to the Yahoo Sportsbook Daily podcast on your provider of choice you'll get a lot of frank schwab on that show along with a lot of other just really great yahoo betting experts doing awesome work minty bets pam maldonado has been crushing the bull season we got got a lot of talent over there and uh, of course you know how i feel about my buddy frank if you want to get social with us you're welcome to hang out on twitter yahoo schwab we'll get you to mr schwab i'm scott underscore pianowski and of course all the fantasy stuff you need to know is at yahoo fantasy matt Harmon. TJ Hernandez from 4 for 4. They'll be back tomorrow with a DFS program. Breaking stuff down. Until then, straight cash homie. The winner's coming. You're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.